All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. We have two minutes to go in the uh, Broncos-Bills game. Join here with Shane and Brandon. How are you guys doing today? Mighty pretty fine. Good. How are you? Pretty good. pretty good. So Shane and I were talking before. So here's my reaction to the Broncos today. And Shane and I were talking about this before we got on. I think the Broncos are just the definition of mid. I think their offense is mid. I think their defense is mid. I think they're just mid across the board. And the only way they aren't mid is if Russell Wilson runs the ball. And God bless, he can't actually run the ball that much. Shane, your thoughts on the Broncos are mid comment? Um, well, I have to disagree because I do think the offense is mid, but I think the defense is just bad. Therefore, um, you know, it's like a C and an F does not equal a C. It equals a D. And when I think of a D, I think not good, not mid, you know. Um, you know, like an A, that's great. B, that's good. C, eh. D, bad. F, you know, vomit. Um, Who's the F so, for you, Shane? Who's like F? Uh, well, now that Josh Dobbs is out of Arizona, uh, Arizona's no, I'm kidding. Um, right now, I don't know about that. New England. <laughs> New England's an F, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, never thought I'd say that in my life. <laughs> but, um... New York Giants? Yeah, New England. Yeah. Gi- oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Um, the Giants... What about the Gardner Minshew led Colts? They're mid to me. Yeah, they're they're, they're a D to me. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Close. At least offensively, and F is the Jets. Yeah, and defense, oh, they're like yeah. an A plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a true A and F. Is that the only A and F team? I think right. You have no idea how Dolphins? far I want to. Dolphins yeah. are uh, an F? Dolphins like A, I could, a but, offense, A but, plus offense, C. But vice versa. Fair. Yeah. I was going to say, we, we. I think we get dangerously close when it comes to my birds. A offense, A or at least A minus offense and uh, like a D no. for defense. I don't know. No, that, that's our secondaries. Our sec. Our secondaries like the war. Obviously, our front. Our front four. Not even our front seven. Our front four is fine. Uh, but our char- linebackers. Linebacker secondaries suck. Uh, Chargers. How do you rate <laughs> them right now? Oh lord. Nah, they're mid. Well, the defense is an F. But but their their offense is like. I mean, overall they're mid. But <laughs> overall they're mid. Actually, wait a minute. Like B and F. Actually, yeah. Wait a minute. Them. They actually they actually might be like. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, I don't know. They're they're somewhere in like that C minus range. And they're in their or... fourth quarter is an F, so it dilutes everything. Yeah, yeah, they're they're more. They're I'm being I'm being generous at C minus Chargers fans. I'm sorry. Um, wait, Brandon, tell tell Shane what you said yesterday on the pod about the three pillars of our podcast when it comes to the Chargers. Oh yeah, the oh yeah, the three pillars of the podcast. Once again, for Chargers fans, this is like the Bible for you. Uh. Uh, free Justin Herbert. That man doesn't deserve this pain. Uh, 
fire Brandon Staley. That's the biggest one. That's why, you know, it's kind of, it's in the middle. And three, uh, fix your fourth quarter play, especially your defense. So three pillars of Chargers football, bad fourth quarters. Justin Herbert doesn't deserve this and fire Brandon Staley. That's all you need to know. Like, I, like we're a Chargers pod. We should be covering the Chargers, but what, what can you cover when that's the same story every single week? <laughs> Shane, do you agree with the three pillars of our podcast when it comes to the Chargers? Would you, uh, like, yeah. would you like yeah. to add a fourth pillar? You know, I'm I'm just saying they the Chargers, they had a chance for head coach to hire Brian Dable, Sean Payton. Um you know, hire Sean Payton today still, Shane, considering what the Broncos are. Uh I think so because he, let's be honest, he inherited an absolute mess. And a big part of the mess is still there. I'm not going to name names, but we yeah. all know who I'm referring to. Um, he just got sacked again. God dang, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, yeah, if you, I think if you put uh, Sean Payton, with the Chargers, it'd be a lot better for both of them <laughs> uh, at the moment, you know. But I mean, I could be wrong. Um, but still, I mean, like Brian Dable, we saw what he did with the with the Giants last year. Um, you know, imagine if he had Herbert. Of I mean, that'd be Tommy like. DeVito right now, yeah. Yeah, or or Danny Dimes. Um. <laughs> what a stupid Danny Dimes, yeah. Yeah. Um but anyways, you know, if they if they had the opportunity to get those guys, but they're like, no, let's hire a a very mediocre defensive coordinator instead. Yeah, yeah. That's morons. Um cheap, not morons. But um but we all know that. <clears throat> so yeah, That's I like those flag. pillars. Oh, oh my god. god, the game's gonna end on a flag, bro. The game's gonna end on the Broncos scoring a field goal based on a PI. And, right? and, and you know what's you know what's crazy? That could have been a touchdown if Russell Wilson had had <laughs> an uh, anything, extra arm. anything had anything other than a noodle for an arm. That would have been a touchdown. But Russell Wilson has has the arm of a five year old. <laughs> um. Okay, so let let's start off by by talking about this game from the Bills side. Shane, what do you what do you do with the Bills now? Like, what what are you changing about this offense? Oh, a lot. Um, <laughs> I mean, for starters, I don't I don't feel like they have. A really consistent receiver outside of Diggs. Gabe Davis has his moments and he you know he has his flashes but he's not I don't think he's all that reliable week to week um, so that's one thing you gotta do I mean in today's NFL you need at least two good reliable receivers preferably three um, and they have one you know, 
Another thing I think you got to do is you got to keep trying to get the run game going, um, which doesn't help when you fumble the ball all the time, but (laughs) that's besides the point. Um, Because the, the problem is right now, there's just, they're asking Josh Allen to do too much when he doesn't have a whole lot to work with to begin with. Uh, I mean, you know, the offensive line is is a lot worse than I think most people would care to admit. And, and it always has been, I think. But besides that, I mean, he has never had a reliable run game, never had great protection. And, you know, when he had a great offensive coach like Brian Dable we were kind of like, ah, well, you know, it's it's fine because they just look great. But now that they don't have this brilliant offensive mind in the building, we're starting to see these holes in their game. Um, you know, started definitely started last year, but it's extra obvious now that they're a whole year removed from Dable. So, uh, yeah, I think... Increase the run game. Helps your defense, too. Get another receiver and just make it so that Allen doesn't feel like he has to try and be Superman, and which then causes him to turn the ball over a bunch. Brandon, what do you think? How would you change this offense today? I mean... I mean, we we've been saying it for what about a month, year and a half now. Over no, a year a and a half on this to... pod at the very least. Well, yeah, a, a month on this pod, but for a year and a half in general, that they don't run the ball, and when they do, it's only Josh Allen. Like you know, going back to what Shane said, like this, it's not that they're asking him to do to do too much. They're asking him to literally do everything, everything. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 so bad that. I mean, and that that's what leads to all these turnovers too. Part of it, part of it is not having Brian Dale anymore. That I, I guarantee you, that's part of it. Uh, Holy crap! Oh my god! The Bills got saved. Wait, there's a flag. Oh wait, um, no way, bro. The Bills got flipping saved. Twelve men on the field no. on the defense. <laughs> Bro, uh, I'm sorry. I had to see what that. That's why I couldn't get my point across better than I thought I did. What I'm sorry, bro. Will, like, like what Will Lutz, bro. Hell, bro. Will, why I'm, do you have regardless, men on the field? Why? Regardless, regardless, Will Lutz should retire, bro. You missed an extra point, and then you, and then you missed a game-winning field goal. I mean, listen, you have a chance to redeem yourself, but uh, I forgot okay. that Sean Payton traded for him. Oh my god, okay. bro. He's not a good kicker. I thought, I mean, I, from what I remembered, you know, with the Saints with some clutch kicks, I'm like, oh, he has a leg. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Well, he used He's to actually, be. Yeah. That's what I remembered. I forgot that actually he is trash now. Um, How dumb are you, Buffalo? How exceedingly stupid <laughs> are you? 12 Buff- men Buffalo. On the- 12 men on the field in the final play of the game. See, you get a live see, see. reaction of us ranting about how ass the Bills are. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> like, dude, I the Bills did everything they could to, to give the Broncos that win. They literally did everything wrong possible in the book to give a crappy Broncos team who's already who's playoff hopes are slim, but now they're four and five all of a sudden. Uh, giving them a chance to you know still just have plenty of life for for the second half of the season. So, wreck. oh my God, the Bills. I mean, turnover. Let's get back to the Bills. The Bills turnover issues. That's we know what that is. Josh Allen. What doesn't he lead the league in in, in turnovers? Yeah, he lead. He has he has twelve or thirteen picks after tonight season long. Thank you. I think he might have 11 or 12. And then I think, but I think in fumbles, I think he almost has like, what, like 20 turnovers? It's almost like 20 turnovers this year. It's close. Um, So obviously that's a recipe for disaster. But when you ask your quarterback to be the only person on your team doing anything, when you ask that much of him, I mean, listen, Stephon Diggs is great, but uh, he can't do everything. And then so it's like, you know, when you take that connection away, listen, Gabe Davis can be nice, but Gabe Davis is inconsistent. And also, his hands fail him at the worst times. So, I mean, like they, they they do have good players on offense. Like Dalton Kincaid is nice. Uh, I love you know, Dalton of course, Kincaid. He needs more. Yeah, he needs more catches. That's my reaction. Get a to Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, yeah, and a touchdown tonight. Um, but I mean, they 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 refused to run the ball. James Cook and his two fumbles tonight did not help his cause. Um. They need to. They need to run. They need. Well, that, that's the first thing. They run the ball with anybody other than Josh Allen first and foremost. But then, just defensively, this team is just. I mean, listen. They kept them in this game tonight, but defensively, they still. You still can't be. Like there was a couple third downs where they just gave up for bad first downs to a bad Broncos offense. So, I mean, it's just there was too many breakdowns defensively a little bit tonight. Uh, there there was too many, just. Like uh, the Bills just made every mistake in the book. Uh, that that's the only way you can look at this game, and also they're just their season. They're five and five because they just keep shooting themselves in the foot every week. Josh Allen can't get out of his own way. They don't run the ball, and their defense is suspect late in games. And that was that was the same thing tonight. It was the same thing as the Patriots, what a couple weeks ago or a week ago, or whatever it was. And then same thing tonight. And like like that defense can keep them in games, but that defense is tired by the end of the game, and it usually fails them. Uh, failed them tonight on top of idiotic. So they should have won like, that game tonight because that that you don't put twelve men on the field on your special teams. You don't be the, that the, dumb, even if the, the clock bill, is running. Right now, the Bills are right, and it's, and it's crazy. You know, people want to bite your head off when you talk about Josh Allen in this way, but I mean, or the Bills in this way because they've been great for past few years. But the Bills have their three pillars, just like the Chargers do. They're just they the Bills are a poor man's Chargers right now. Damn, what are the three Bills pillars? Because, like, listen, Justin Herbert has his has his moments where he turns the ball over, but Josh Allen's since last season, Josh since Brian Dable has left that team. Really, Josh Allen's been a turnover machine, has been inconsistent play, so he's been even worse than Justin Herbert has been. Uh, they don't run the ball at all. At least the Chargers try to somewhat, but the Bills don't run the ball at all and when they do it's with Josh Allen which creates more turnovers which doesn't help his case so their three pillars are Josh Allen being a turnover machine second one is they don't run the ball enough and they don't trust the run game enough period 
And third, they're once just like the, just like the Chargers. Defense blows it in, game, in late games. Yeah. Defense can't hang on late. And they had two so, really crucial penalties there. Defense so, special team. So, yeah. There. So, as of right now, I'm not saying they are, but as of right now, that team is a poor man's Los Angeles Chargers. So, Chargers fans, if you have anything to hang your head on, at least, like, listen, you might have a worse coach than they do, but your team overall at least has some positives. This Bills team, there's nothing positive to say about them other than Stephon Diggs is pretty much their team. Uh, question for both of you. After tonight, are the Bills a playoff team? Yes or no? Hell no. No. Nope. No. Nope. I think the answer is a clear no across the board. This is not a playoff team. This is not a playoff competitive team. Tonight, if they play the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Dolphins, they lose by 40. Oh, we're they killing get, them. I they, like... get, they get hanged on, they get their hat hanged on them tonight. Yeah. By far. And again, I still think the Broncos are pretty mid. Like, I don't think they're necessarily bad. I think they're just average overall, but especially offensively. I think they're just average. And that's fine. I think for, for what they're trying to build, it's okay. But regardless of that, they even if they make the playoffs, this team does not is not competitive against anyone. In the AFC right now, that's in the playoff picture. Yep. Almost nobody. No. Like it's unbelievable how we. This is a lot of you. At this very moment, I could easily see the three AFC wildcard teams being the three teams that don't win the NFC North or the AFC North. That's exactly what I said yesterday. I think that's uh, very yeah. clearly going to happen. Yep. I think the Steelers somehow make it in. And and their their defense going to carry them all the way. Yeah. Shane, I have a question for for you talking about Sunday too. Speaking of the playoff picture. I have an answer. Do you think the Texans are a playoff team after yesterday? Or a potential playoff? Team? You know. See, uh, I was going to say I so I said I could see all four of the AFC North teams making it. But realistically, that's probably not going to happen because, I mean, that would just be ridiculous. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I think if there's, at, at least right now, this could change by the end of the season, of course. But right now, I think if there's any team that's going to ruin that for the AFC North, it's Houston. And I, honest to God, I cannot believe I'm saying that. But, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, either them or, I guess, the Chargers. But even that's like, eh. Because I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't think Houston's going to win that division. I, that feels like it's going to be Jacksonville, but yeah, who knows? Okay, um, didn't play well yesterday at all, but just one game. They didn't. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's one game off a of, off a of bye. You know, he never thinks. Yeah. Um. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens there, but um. But yeah, I I think of all the teams in the AFC that should be considered for the playoffs. Houston's probably top half for me right now, which 
again, never thought I'd say that this season, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, crazy things happen. I, I said yesterday, I think I think no matter who, who, who Houston plays in the wild card, they have a good shot to win, whoever, to beat whoever they play in a wild card game. I mean, they definitely do. I don't see how they don't. I mean, right It'll now. It'll be interesting to see who it would be, though, if it gets yeah. to that. That's why, yeah, I'm not going to say. I, I want to see who it is because we're still only halfway through the season. But. Yeah, I don't want to overreact yet, but. Yeah. Like, I probably would. You know, this picture won't get clear until, like, the first week of December. Yeah, that's why. That's why we don't. I. I instituted this rule for as long as we've done pods that we don't look at the playoff picture till about after thanksgiving because i just yeah. think it's even then weird. it changes a lot yeah i mean it, it changed it changes a lot from christmas to the end of the season even yeah. you know what those I mean? last, yeah those last two weeks you you see teams popping in and out of the hunt and the wild card all the time or even the division leader it's happened before so right you know it's really like yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like I'm not saying it's going to be perfectly clear, but it's going to be it's going to be pretty pretty much clearer by the first week of yeah. December. We'll have a better idea. Shane, I'm but, not... I mean, the... I'll continue, Brandon. Finish off. No, I was just no, I was just going to just going to say yeah, but just to piggyback off that, the Texans to me right now, as of right now, can beat. I won't say any team in the AFC because right now I don't think they can beat the Chiefs, but. I think they can beat pretty much everybody else in the AFC. Yeah. So I I think they have a good shot of it. Uh, Shane, backing off on the Texans as well. I'm not asking you to to give us your MVP race. I think it's too early for that. But is CJ Stroud on your list currently of of top five MVP candidates at the very least, or is he on the outside looking in right now? Um, definitely outside looking in. I don't. I mean, I, I don't really. I just I personally don't really like giving rookies MVPs, which I know might be kind of dumb, but um, for me, it's like you're rookie of the year. <laughs> you haven't you haven't proved anything huge yet. Is you know it's your first season, um, but you know I I understand why some people feel that he should be um you know it, it's this is a team that really doesn't have any great pieces in my opinion other than uh Damian Pierce who's a decent running back I guess and Laramie Tunzel good left tackle but other than that I don't really love anything going on there yet he's like top five and passing numbers uh, up there with, you know, Hertz and Mahomes, all those other guys. I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. You know, uh, I think at the moment, my, uh, I don't know. I don't know what my list would be, but I can't even name my list right now. I I think, I know for sure my top two are Hertz and Hill, not necessarily in that order, but I just one of those two. I think that's yeah. fair. Um, yeah. And then after that, I think it's 
just uh, to me it's like them and then everyone else <laughs> at the moment um you know Mahomes, AJ Brown, Goff. Uh well, yeah, Goff, I guess. Um CMC. CMC, so on and so forth. Yeah. But uh I don't know. You never know. He could win it. I I doubt it, but um for rookie of the year to me that feels like the first lock if you will. Yeah. Um, as much as I want, which I hate as much as I like Puka to win it. What Stroud is doing is freaking dumb. This is, yeah. this is dumb. It, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and that's no hate against Puka. I, I think he's phenomenal and I think he will be a great receiver in this league for a long time. Um, but I mean, it's just, it, yeah, <laughs> like you said, it it's just it's ridiculous what's going on here with Stroud. Um Yeah, I mean I, I don't like to just like the playoff picture. <laughs> I don't like to think about the awards until you know, late in the season. But I mean to me he just really jumps out. It's like who else is it gonna be at this point, you know? But anyways. Oh, nice take by RG3 on Twitter slash X. How do you guys feel about this? The industry talks about Dak's interceptions the way they should talk about Josh Allen's. Brandon, your thoughts? I mean, they're both warranted, though, no? Like, aren't they talking about appearance the same way? That's both pretty much just disgusting? No, no. People still think Josh Allen's a world beater, at least on social media. Yeah, I think on social media, I th- yeah, but I think that narrative's kind of changed. I don't think I agree with RG3 on that one. I think people are finally seeing that Josh Allen is a, is legitimately a turnover machine. Like, I listen, it's, you know why? I, it's the reason why, though, people still, look, there are still people out there, although I, I feel like you'd be in the minority now, but there are still people out there that put Josh Allen on a pedestal is because the guy is, is like, the guy is like a is like a, a mountain. Like the dude, he's he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's he he's athletic as all hell. He has a he has a cannon a cannon and a half for an arm. But he has a hot celebrity girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's like what? You know, I'm just throwing it in there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it does help the case that Dak doesn't have any of those things, but and also just the hatred for the Dallas Cowboys in general. Like, you know, you can't really hate the Buffalo Bills unless you're in that division. Like, you True. know, so uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. But if you're looking at it just from a football standpoint, the, you can't you can't sit there and say that that I think at this point, people can't like people can't sit there and say that that, you know, we can overlook Josh Allen's interceptions and turnovers. No, we cannot. It, it Him and Dak are, are becoming literally the same player. It's just that Josh Allen's more athletic. Josh Allen right now is playing like a more athletic Dak Prescott. That's 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 all I can. Yeah, kinda. Play. Yeah, that's, that's all I that's all I can think about. Like, so I don't think RG three is quite right there. I because I, from what I've seen, especially in a lot of people that I've talked to, kind of see it the same way I do. That that they're both turnover machines. They both throw really bad interceptions. They both turn over turn the ball over a lot. 
So I don't think RG3 is right, honestly. I mean, listen, I know a lot of... It's just, you know why? Everybody wants to like the Bills because they're not the Cowboys. So there, there's there's levels to this. Like, there's there's reasons behind this. But I feel like if you're watching it just from a pure football perspective, they're the same player right now. And you have to look at it like that. You have to treat it like that. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I can see what RG3 is saying. Like, I, I've seen it. I've seen that to be true, but I've seen it kind of, as the weeks have gone on, I've seen it less and less. And I've seen more people feel like me. So I don't think right now, He's right. Uh, really quick before Shane goes, I just want to say this directly to RG3. The reason why we're using your tweets as discussion topics is, man, you have good flipping tweets. You, yeah. Your tweets I are still, good. Yeah. I still think he's great. Takes, yeah. Usually. yeah. I think his tweets are good. At least they're thought-provoking. That, yeah. that's, like that, that's, I just want to uh, let, let RG3 and people know, we're not doing this to bash RG3. I'm using his tweets yeah. as a discussion topic because man has good tweets. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I'm not bashing him. I'm just saying I think in this case, I kind of don't see it that way. But I can I can see Where RG3L. <laughs> uh, Shane, your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with Brandon here. You know, it, it's... I don't think... Yeah, I, I think he's a lot closer to Dak now than he is to, like, Mahomes or Hurts, you know? Um... Which which sucks, but you know, it's I think it's the reality, and yeah, people want to root for the Bills because you know, oh, small town underdog, which yeah, that's cool, but um, you know, we do have to be we do have to be realistic as well, <laughs> and um, you know, the truth is at the moment he's just he ain't it, um, yeah. And I always feel bad. This is totally a side topic, but I always feel bad for slandering Dak Prescott because I think he's such a great guy. Yeah, he's, he is a good dude. Yeah, and he's gone through so much in life that's just no one should ever have to. Yeah, we're just out here like he sucks. <laughs> it's it's just see, it's a, it's unfortunate because if he played for any other team other than the Dallas Cowboys, I wouldn't hate him as much as I do. I know. So that's really it. <laughs> Plus, he owns my Eagles anyway. He's like, he's what is he? Eight, well, now he's eight and four against my Eagles, but still, he has a, the guys, you know, eight out of 12. Not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane, what are your overall thoughts from Sunday? Um, since you weren't here on the pod yesterday, what, what are some other sort of overall thoughts you have on Sunday? Well, um, Josh Dobbs is an American hero. No. Um, yes. Yeah. The pastor not. Yeah. I just, dude, I, you know that, um, I, I just couldn't help but as I was, I was watching his highlights after the game just because I was like, I got to see this again. Um, and as I'm watching him, I just couldn't get that song out of my head. The one with, um, Chad Kroger when he's like, and they say that a hero could save us. He's <laughs> <laughs> definitely been As the hero this... for the Vikings. Jeez, man. Yeah, I you know, I feel like and maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But you know, I feel like he might be the next you know, Gino or 
Tannehill type of guy where they've kind of been slept on and then they just sort of, you know, sort of a, not a journeyman, but he's already well, kind of get tossed. Yeah. I get tossed around by different teams and then finally get their chance. Just, you know, the right time, right, you know, right place. And then, um, and then, you know, now it's like, Oh wow, this guy's actually pretty good. Uh, you know, the only, the only problem is if that's the case, then, you know, in like a year or two, he'll go back to being, uh, not great, which hopefully that doesn't happen, but, you know, so far I'm quite enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, um, yeah, no, it's fun. I have a, I, I'm going to repeat some of the stuff from Sunday just cause I want Shane's reaction to him. Shane, I have a hot take about the Vikings, and I want you to hear it. You ready? Oh, God. Okay. Josh Dobbs <laughs> is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins for the Minnesota Vikings. In the Kirk Cousins tenure, oh, yeah. jo- I'm, just, I'm yeah. not saying Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Josh Dobbs. That's stupid. What I'm saying is for this team, Josh Dobbs has been the best quarterback in the Kirk Cousins era. <laughs> Even case he's even better than Case Keenum, in my opinion. Do you agree? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because here's the thing. He he's a very different type of, obviously, type of player than Kirk or Case Keenum or whatever. Uh, because those guys are just, you know, they're they're game managers, right? But he. He's not. He he's elusive. He's quick. He really he's good at improvising. He thinks on his feet, literally. Um, and when you have a lot of playmakers like the Vikings do, and you have an offensive line as garbage as theirs is, you you kind of need somebody who's not just in my opinion, somebody who's not just a Kirk Cousins to, okay, I'm just going to sit in the pocket and throw the ball. Like, <laughs> you got, I mean, that, that works for some teams. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I think when you have, when you have the kind of talent they do and uh, the sort of the creative offensive system that they also have uh, and no offensive line, I think you need a guy that can, move a little bit, let things happen and then and then go, right? As opposed to just okay, let me go through my progressions and while I'm sitting here like a statue, you know. <laughs> um again, now that against Kirk, uh I think he's certainly a fine player. But we have a um, tear for him. Sorry, Kirk. <laughs> but we have a we have a tear for him. Yes. So, you know, cuz he's the definition of <laughs> of a mid NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just gonna tell this. You know, so That's it. this pod is mid. Everything's mid. I mean, I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe we throw Josh Dobbs in into that tier. He can be like bald Kirk Cousins or something. <laughs> oh my god. Um, oh, or fast Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um. No, I'm kidding, but. 
Anyways, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that's a hot take. I mean, it, you know, it is a little, um, is it a little early to declare something like that after he's only played, you know, two games for them? Sure, but, you know, that's why it's a, a, a hot take and not like a ridiculous take, you know, because um, it's just like, yeah, he has looked good so far, so that's fair, but only two games, so, you know, we'll see, but, yeah. What else you got for Sunday for us, Shane? Well, 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 um, I, I, yeah, I guess the Niners needed their bye, because, um, <laughs> they came back and, like, they never missed a beat, um, and I guess, you know, the injury rest and all that helped for them. Uh, Tennessee, you're garbage. Um, Even with Mayo Man? Yeah. Yeah, especially with Mayo Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I can't wait till Tannehill's back. He's not... You, you heard that on Sunday, didn't you? No. Um, mailman is the starter for the Tennessee Titans the rest of the season. They already Lord. Oh, well, that's that's lovely. <laughs> they already announced it. Yeah, what, they announced it Sunday morning. Hey, what are they right now? Three and six? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, three and 14 season loading for the Titans. Um, let's see. Uh, Dallas... He had a great game, but it's the Giants, so shut up. Um, yeah. Chargers, good job choking again. Baltimore, uh, how do you have the lead in so many of your games yet lose so many of them as well? I mean, granted, they've only lost three, but I think you sent it. There was that statistic about how they... They're like the the third most time of leading in a game, like in NFL of any team in NFL history. Yet they have the worst record of any of those teams. Um, so that's concerning. You know, you can't can't finish games when you when it's really important, especially come January with the playoffs. That'll bite you. And, um, let's see, what else? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, really for the most part, it was a rather uneventful week because, uh, well, you know, all the good teams were out, so. Damn right. <laughs> so, just kind of like, uh, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, uh, I... I don't have a whole lot to say. Um, you know. I guess the one game I haven't touched on yet would be Washington-Seattle. Oh, uh, or Seattle-Washington, if you will. Lord, don't even get me started. Which, go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Um, yeah, I really wasn't impressed with either team in this game. Um 
you know, Seattle's D played a lot better than they should not have given up 26 points for how well they played. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at those, those two tutties right at the end there. And, you know, you'd think since Washington just got rid of their two best pass rushers that, um, that, you know, the Seahawks would be able to score a single touchdown before, you know, like midway through the third quarter, but oh, yeah. Well, why would they do that? (laughs) Um, yeah, no. Six quarters without a touchdown? Sure, we can do that. Um, you know, Sam Howell, credit to you. You know, that was a that was a pretty tough defense for most of the day, but you hung in there. You put your team in position to win. Of course, they didn't get it done, but that's not that's not on him. That was, that was on the defense, not being able to finish at the end. Um. Other than that, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Monday Night Football next week. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I hate watching don't Seattle. Don't. I hate watching don't Seattle. I hate watching Buffalo. I like Washington's entertaining. Sam Howell is at least entertaining. I think he still has room to grow. But by the way, Shane, definitely. Do you want to guess when they actually started putting the game on red zone? Do you want to guess like what what quarter they actually finally like had the game on for an extended period of time? Probably like eight minutes left in the fourth. Like middle of the third quarter. It was third, barely yeah, yeah. it was barely on. I barely watched it. I watched the Cowboys yeah, there was game nothing more. more. I watched the Cowboys game more for God's sakes. Well, I mean the you know the thing is the first half it was. I think it was nine to nine going into halftime, which you might think, oh, well, man, there's good defensive plays going. No, it's just three and out after three and out. It's not even like there was, you know, fumbles or big sacks or interceptions or anything like that. No, it's just okay. Here's my first and ten. Oh, I only got six yards. Punt. Uh, you know, <laughs> rinse and rinse and repeat a few times, and well, you know. Yeah, that's not, um, that's not red zone material right there. Yeah, no. The I, I agree with you though. The the Seahawks, Bills, and Chargers are all really frustrating for me because I think they all have. I think the talent is there for the most part for all of them, but it's just, um, you know, coaches don't necessarily have the best situational decision making. Uh, to put it nicely. Speaking of Seattle, which we, really, we kind of glossed over it a little bit yesterday because whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm done with Geno Smith. I'm I'm finished. I'm completely done, Shane. I'm done. I can't do it. right I, back. I can't do it anymore. Dude, I'd like at this point. Uh, I'd like throw Metcalf in there or something. You know, <laughs> no, I want Drew Locke. Just give me Drew Locke. Let me see just, what that man's up to, man. Just let him, uh, just let him, let him ball out like Josh Allen or something. No, um, no, I agree. I, I, I would like to see Locke as well. Um, I know Drew Locke, so I mean, I'm a little biased. He goes to your um, church, by the way. Jesse. He does. He That's goes wild. To your he. Church. 
So wild. He obviously is not there during the season because, you know, Sunday he's a little bit busy. Um, <laughs> in case you didn't, in case you guys didn't know that. But uh, <clears throat> in like in the summer during training camp and all that, he's he's there. Um, Seems like a very nice and, guy uh, from what I've heard from you. Seems like a very dope guy. Yeah, real, real good dude. And he, it's funny. No one knows who he is, which is hilarious. Minus um, you. <laughs> minus me. I just, I, yeah, I, I get them all to myself. Um, oh, Paul. No, I'm joking. But, but it, it's funny, though, because uh, Lenny Wilkins also goes to church, which, if you don't know who that is, listeners, um, he was the Sonics head coach when they won their. NBA title back in uh, 76? 76. No, it was like six or seven or something. Whatever it was. There's 79. I don't know. In the 70s. Um, he goes there and everyone knows him. You know, after church, everyone goes up to, they're like, Lenny, Lenny, you know, just kissing his ass. Um, <clears throat> which, I mean, fair enough. The dude's an NBA champion, but <laughs> then, you know, Drew. He kind of sits towards the back, and um, you can tell just because it's it's all old people, well, older people who are kind of shorter. And then there's just this like six foot five dude who's just jacked in the back, and you're like, oh yeah, um, that's an alpha quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just remember the first time he was there. It was a few weeks after the trade. I was like. No way. <laughs> um, and anyways, but I, I've you know I've talked to him a few times, just kind of in passing and whatever. But um, but yeah, no, I think I think uh, at this point, you know, Gino just seems kind of stale. Um, which that sounds rude, but um, <laughs> pretty true to be. Yeah, it's just it's weird with them because they're so Drew and Gino are so different as quarterbacks, you know. Um, I just think with Drew, he's he's a lot closer to you know like Russell Wilson was in his Seahawks days, where he is he's quick. He has a really strong arm. Um, you know he's the concerns with him is that he's maybe not the best decision maker and that he is also his accuracy is kind of shaky. Well, what we've seen of him in the preseason accuracy looks a lot better than it did when he was in Denver. And also I think, you know, when he was in Denver, he had very turbulent coaching. I mean, he always had new guys and, learning new playbooks and just not really proper guidance. And so I think that kind of screwed him up a little bit. Um, and now obviously that's not the case. He's been in this same OC head coach for two years now. Um, I think he's fairly familiar with how things are going. Um, and, you know, I just, I think, I think he would take a lot more chances downfield and which I, I think they kind of need because I mean, right now it's just not, 
it's not working. So, yeah, and I know that Pete's never going to put him in because his ego can't handle it, but <clears throat> um, but he should. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. But I agree. Uh, also, Drew's wife is very pregnant right now, um, so he's gonna need a big payday. And uh, Give him you know, pay, so if he can baby. get some, if he, can, just, if he can get some starter money, that'd be great. Uh, not just at least well, very pregnant. Yeah, well, at least last time they were there, which was in August, um, she was like looking like she was about to blow. I was like, geez. Um, so it might have already happened. I don't know. But anyways. <clears throat> um, Do you follow him on Instagram? I don't know if I can. I don't know if I do, actually. I probably should. Uh, legend. <laughs> I um, should. Um, I mean, I know the guy, for God's sake. Uh, I should have him on the show. That'd be funny. I want him on the show. If you get Drew Locke on this show, I'm so down. So down. Um, so, what do you think of the starter that sucks who's ahead of you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, call, call, me, call me if you run into Gary Payton. Oh, we have run into yeah, Gary right. Payton before. At least I, I hate you. We have, <laughs> at least. I don't remember where, but we have at one point. Um, but, uh, that was in Belltown. Yeah, 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 I think so. Look around there. Um, but... Um, but, but uh, are we are we done with the games, guys? Because there's not there's not much after that. I am much going on. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something more fun. Let's talk about Coda 2021, the Apple TV Plus film that won Best Picture. Uh, Shane, why'd you pick this one for us to watch this week? Well, you know, I I'm kind of trying to do like a you know a movie from every genre, and when I was thinking of, well, what's a coming-of-age movie I should do? You know, ones that come to mind are always like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, Breakfast Club. Classic. Classic. Great movies. Classics. Yeah, incredible films, but classics. Everyone's seen them. Everything that there is to be said about them has been said. But I wanted to have a discussion about another coming-of-age movie that I really like, that I think is pretty unique and doesn't in my opinion, doesn't have as much conversation around it as it should. And um, so that's why I was like, well, no better way to celebrate that than by making it our movie. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I think, that, I mean, there, well, there's a lot of reasons I, I like this movie, but, you know, I the first thing that really jumped out at me with it was uh, the way that it portrayed deaf people, which that sounds weird, but a lot of times in movies when there's a character who has something unique about them, like you know whether it's a disability or uh, maybe a character is, is gay or whatever it is, like that one trait is just their entire character a lot of times, which is frustrating because, you know, there's a lot more to people than just one thing about them, right? And 
I I like that in this movie. It shows that yeah, their life is obviously more challenging in some ways. Um, obviously, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, they're all people with really distinct personalities and interests and um you know the the brother he's kind of a he's he's kind of like a playboy or not playboy uh um a frat boy just you know which is is great like i i like that um and i i think that the whole idea of this family being deaf and their one hearing child wanting to be a singer, which is something that they, that her family will never truly be able to appreciate about her, like at least to the fullest. They definitely, it's obvious that they make an attempt, but, um, but you know, they'll never be able to just like actually hear her voice, which is kind of heartbreaking, but, um, but the fact that they still love her and support her and want her to succeed in that is remarkable, I think. And, um, yeah, and it's just a, it's a very good coming of age story that I relate to in many ways, not with the, um, not, you know, with the part of being a child of deaf adults, but, you know, with her kind of her struggle of like, okay, do I go off and pursue this, you know, this art field? It, it kind of a feels like a pipe dream, which is what I really want to do, or do I, you know, stay here and just help my family and do something that's more, you know, realistic, quote unquote. And, you know, I had that exact same struggle wanting to go to film school and being like, no, that's a stupid idea. That's, you know, but why would I, you know, I, I, I need to do these other things or whatever. But, um, you know, fortunately that turned out well for me, but, um, but yeah, I definitely related to that, that feeling and uh, wanting to, wanting to please your family but also wanting to be a kid and go hang out with a boy you like or in my case a, a girl I liked or what you know whatever <clears throat> and um, yeah anyways I, I could go on and on but what do you guys what do you guys think um, before you go on I do want to mention that the three lead characters minus the daughter were actually deaf um, there were deaf castings which is pretty amazing and also Coda yeah. is children of death adults, clearly, as Shane mentioned. But before we actually get started, Shane, this is a movie that I put you on in my process of watching the best pictures that year. So tell that story, because I think that that's you, actually an important context to, to kind of your experience watching this movie as well as mine. Yeah, you did, because, you know, Robert knows that I'm, I'm a sucker for coming of age movies. And, yeah. um, and I... To be honest, I had never heard of this movie until I was looking at the Oscar nominees because Robert and I always watch the movies that are nominated for Best Picture and then you know kind of share our thoughts on them. 
And so I said, yeah, I've seen all of them. And he said, oh, did you see Coda too? And I was like, uh, no, I forgot about that one. <laughs> and I had no idea what it even was. I didn't know if it was, you know, a drama or a sci-fi or what. Um, and then, you know, he told me a little bit about it and, I just, I was like, okay, you know, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't thinking, oh yeah, I gotta watch that, but I wasn't, at the same time, I wasn't like, oh, that sounds stupid, I was just like, yeah, alright, whatever. But then I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and, I mean, it just was clear number one of all those movies for oh, yeah. me at least yeah i think easily for and, me as well and i'm so happy they won uh that's one of the academy wins of my lifetime that i'm extremely happy about yeah it, it's it's pretty rare in my opinion that they get the right best picture um i mean most years my best picture is not even nominated so you know yeah that's so uh, but that's a whole other topic of conversation yeah after i watched this movie like super late at night both times and i cried both times <laughs> just to say that but um the first time i watched it i came away from it going i don't care about the other movies because i was only i think a little i didn't actually finish all of them that year but i watched most of them and then after after i watched that movie it was like i don't care what other movies are on this list coda has to win uh, that was kind of my interpretation of it, but Brandon, give me give me your thoughts on this movie uh, overall. Uh, what was your thought? This is your first time watching it, so give us your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, first and foremost, Lily from AT and T, great job acting in the movie. She basically uh, looks like her. I didn't realize that. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, no, if you think of, it, I was talking to Rob as I was watching. It. If you think about it, especially when she had like more her like her bangs dress. going on yeah and with the red dress if you look at her from the side so from the angle they showed her at she looks exactly like lily from at t exactly very similar whoa uh, <laughs> i never noticed that yeah that's so true okay anyway yeah continue <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I, ha I had to say that first and foremost but no but seriously amelia amelia jones did great um but uh the first thing i said to rob i think about this movie we were, actually on, we were actually on call watching the dumbass one o'clock games where you're watching this, so just for yeah. mind viewers. Yeah. Uh but uh one of the first things I said to Rob was that I just noticed it like I, I noticed almost immediately how every single uh song in this movie, every single part of the soundtrack correlated to like the exact like feelings she was having at the time. Or like the yeah. the I so I like how the music kind of fit the movie. Uh, like how it, it, it not just fit the movie, but it fit the exact moment in time in the movie, um, and so I like how the, like because usually sometimes when you see music, like it's supposed to accompany a movie, but sometimes you have songs that it's like it doesn't kind of make sense to have in a movie, or it's a little awkward to have, whatever it is. Uh, but this one, like every song was spot on. It was great. And I like how it had like a you know kind of an older feel for a newer kind of movie. So I like how it was very sweet in that regard. Uh, I always like when, you know, newer movies, newer shows, anything on TV-wise always brings back classic songs. So, of course, they had Marvin Gaye in there, uh, the Isley Brothers. Um, Love me some know. Marvin. So, oh, who doesn't? Um, but, you know, I, I so that was the first thing I noticed. But I, I think just after that, uh, 
I love honestly my favorite character probably in the movie. I love them all honestly, for different reasons. But Mr. they're all v, very likable in their own yeah, way. But Mr. V to me was great. Yeah, um, everybody yeah, is great. Everybody can relate at some point in time. You've had a teacher like that that is rough around the edges, but pushes you to do your best because they want what's best for you in the end. Yep. Um. So you know everybody can relate to that. That was really you know and, and I just mean you know. His performance, that that whole character was great. Um, I think it's. I love how you know, and like you were saying, Shanling, when they have like you know characters with you know that come from different kind of backgrounds, different circumstances, things like that. They kind of use them as kind of like you know like token characters. Whereas this one, you know, obviously it focused on that being one of the driving forces of the movie. Um, yeah. But, you know, and they and they but like they they didn't just have it be like oh yeah like here's like we didn't it focused on it focused on uh on Ruby a lot on Amelia Jones's character but it didn't shy away from just like it didn't make her the forefront cuz i mean the title the title is you know children of deaf adults and especially being a child of a of two deaf adults and even a deaf family with a brother um but it's like they also made it a point to focus on the family not just her character and her struggles in that scene and that's you know, in that case. So I like that. They kind of just had it fleshed out that way. Um, I like that the movie went by. So, so like, it's funny. Cause with some, some two hours, some two hour movies feel like they're, you know, really long and some feel like they're, there's not enough in there. This felt just right. The timing, the pacing of it was, was perfect to me. Um, I would agree. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I there's like there's I I almost can find no fault in this movie. I think the only thing is just that it's it's you know being a come of age, coming of age film. A lot of coming of age films are very just, just like it's the same. You, you could, it's predictable, and I think that's just mm. only it's only downfall. It's just that it's can it it has a couple nice nice little kind of like turns because you don't have a movie like this where it's like you know where it's a about being deaf or about trying to relate to deaf people and how hard that is for someone who can hear, especially someone who's a family member that can hear. So I like that there was... It's a unique situation. It's a unique situation. It's just like... But I feel like the arc of the story, just the story in general, was predictable. Like... Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Like, I can can manage that criticism. Yeah, I I agree. I'm, I'm fine with that. Like the you know the arc of just having like the you know the outcast girl among among her family and among her peers you know doesn't fit in joins a class because she likes a boy you know struggles in that class at first then finally figures it out gets together with the boy they hit it off things get better in her life and then it culminates in kind of like a little and it has a little bit of a skid where they hit the skids and then it comes back up to that final part where it's just everything clicks again they they reconcile the family love you know everybody loves her and you know final final you know kind of closing sweet moments like it's like that same you see that in a lot of coming of age movies yeah so so like that's that's just story wise that's just you know the arc is, is pretty much the same but um i just feel like when i was watching this i couldn't look away from it it's funny because even though i was talking to rob on the phone i was talking to you rob and i was like but I couldn't look away from it. It was like one of those things where I didn't get distracted by being on the phone. Like I was yeah, able to like that. That was also something for my second watch that I realized I was like, wow, I, I have to finish this movie. Like it's yeah. I, th- 
I think the most impactful moment is when obviously because like I love how that they also interject you know the comedy into it because a lot of coming of age drama films don't have comedy in it. There was plenty of comedy in this, and they were which all was hilarious. All and they were hilarious. Amazing. Um, yeah, they were absolutely hilarious, and uh, um, especially the thing where you know where they're in the doctor's office. And the parents She's trying are, to explain John. They, they can't have sex for two weeks. Sex ever. They can't have it ever again. And then, and then, and then they freak, and then, and then, freak and then out even more. And then they they add to it by the parents actually having sex. And then the dad going, you need to put a little soldier on that. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. Having to talk with the kid. With two hearing kids. Uh, you know, that that's definitely interesting. But the But the most impactful scene to me was when i'm trying to remember trying, i know i know what it was i just trying to remember what they were what they were uh, they were fighting for something but, but um but it was when you know I, with the whole meeting of the of the whole fisherman and the whole the, the up in front of the community oh, yeah the fisherman's meeting and he's he, obviously he can't say what he's feeling but he you know he signs it and she interprets it and you know it was like it was like the like the whole room was behind them, and it's weird because you know usually you don't have that when you have somebody who's deaf and can't say what they mean have to you know sign it and stuff like that, and but you could see the yeah angry. it was the most powerful voice in the room yeah yeah you know literally saying a lot by technically saying nothing at all so right it's I lo- I love scenes like that. I always will love scenes like that in movies where you say a lot by saying nothing at all. Um, same thing with, you know, No Country for Old Men. That had plenty of moments like that. Um, oh, yeah. So, it's just, like, I said to Rob, if I had to rate this movie, I think it's an 8 out of 10 just because what when, when knocks it down from being a 9 is just the predictability of the story. Yeah. But other than that, this movie was right up there. For me, it's gonna be hard as we go on for the rest of the season trying to separate the movies. <laughs> yeah, because I'm because already thinking about it. I'm like, uh... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think I've got, I've given anything less than like a what, a seven and a half or a seven out of ten. So it's gonna be hard for me to like yeah. really set. I'm gonna have to really like fine pick the movies when it comes time to like really make my my list of them. Because man, I'm I, I loved this one. Like that, this one was was sweet, and it, and it like it didn't. You know, some movies like this nowadays, especially because remember this did come out in 2021. So, um, you know, some movies like this, it's like you know, say say what you want. I don't like movies that get too far into like political things. This this didn't, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, this just told a very sweet, strong, impactful story, and I like that. See, I, I like it when when things are just kept simple. I'm a very, I'm a very black and white kind of guy. So, you know, I like that this movie, like, you know, it, pre- it presented a, ch- a different challenge than we're used to seeing on the screen, but did it in a way that everybody could kind of relate to it at some turn, whether it's a the relationship or the family dynamic, how they're still able to be a, you know, uh, they still have family troubles despite being deaf, um, that, you know, or the relationship troubles between her and the boy she's interested in, um, you know, or the, the stage fright of having to perform in front of people because she's had she had that a couple times in the movie, um, and so it's just like 
it, this movie was was just relatable uh for i mean a lot of people um it was it also brought awareness to something that we don't always talk you know we don't always talk about um so this movie is definitely eight out of ten for me and it's just i actually think it's funny the scenes that i thought were the best were between her and her father um and yeah. i think and i think that because that scene was great uh the fisherman's meeting but then the scene where she's singing on the back of the flatbed truck and he's yeah, and he's he... feeling he's feeling the vibrations of her voice and realize oh she can sing right and and it's like he's he's all he's basically tearing up because he's proud of her and he, you know he he can tell that she's you know she has a beautiful voice so he's like really kind of into it and i like that a lot so those two scenes alone were just made this movie phenomenal for me so not much more i can say other than this this movie was great so this this is definitely out of 10 just like i said just a thousand times just you know predict with the predictable story but regardless this, this is definitely this does not go lower than eight out of ten for me ever if I, even if I'm, even on rewatching it, i might i might bump it up to eight and a half but it's it's definitely up there for me um the speaking of the dad uh the dad uh what is this uh troy kushar uh he did win uh best supporting actor uh for this film as well in the oscars so that's another very well deserved oscar from that year um, from this film, it's the way I'm, I would agree. The way I'm always going to describe this movie is this is my favorite movie of all time that will never be on my favorite movie of all time list just because it's very niche and it's not like <laughs> one of those popular movies. So I don't think it will ever yeah. actually make my favorites of all time list. But of the, let me put it this way: of the film, of the film heads list of movies like that film people know, Coda's on that list for sure. And it's number one on that list. Um, it's it's incredible. Um, I love this movie. I cried again watching it, sobbing again. Like this movie is just incredible beyond belief. Uh, it teaches you a lot about love, love for family, love for people. Um, obviously, the singing is amazing. I want to piggyback what Brandon said about Mr. V because Shane, do you remember my? I don't remember the name, but uh, my Meadowdale Middle School uh, choir teacher. Do you remember her name at all? Miss Miller. Miss Miller. She's Miss like Mr. V is very much Miss Miller, like straight up. Oh yeah. Like there, that was the first person I thought of. And and by the way, the reason I bring this up is because Miss Miller is actually one of the most important teachers of my entire life. Because she's great. She's just yeah, like very hard nosed. I've I've said the story a million times, um, where she she was like there were literally people in her office, five, six people in her office every day before a concert, before a, you know, we did competitions and stuff being like, oh, I can't wear these white socks. No, you have to wear blue, black socks. No, you can't. We have to wear black clothes. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And it teaches you so much about discipline and like the proper discipline. The reason why choir teachers push really hard is because not only do they bring the people into choir that are like like you know they, they bring these people in to teach them how to sing but it's also about like hey i have my reputation here like meta our our school system our metadale school system particularly and and shane knows this as well uh we were some of the best in the country and so everyone that 
was part of that was held to that standard, right? And Mr. V is very much like that. And I appreciate that so much about his character because he cares about, hey, I want these people to go to, to Berkeley School of Music because I went there, but I'm only going to allow the best of the best to do it because my reputation is online as much as yours. And I, and I love that so much. Um, that choir is that choir school choir is very different because it's, it's very much it's it's basically like a profession everything matters and it's it's a it's a big deal um and i, and I love that that was kind of carried on through there um the the biggest thing that that is always why this movie is also easily my favorite coming of age movie is unlike the dumbass movie that is licorice flipping pizza uh, Shane, you know what I'm talking about there. Um, this movie, this movie does not focus on the romance that much, and romance is such a big part of coming of age movies. It re- it's a little bit backburnery, and it's good. I like it that way. I get really tired of watching every single one be about this romance piece. Uh, this movie does that, and by the way, it's it's really good. The romance piece of this movie is very very good. Um, but it's, it's so in the back burner compared to what's important, uh, which is a child of death adults, the family, the brother. I started realizing, oh, the brother was mad about this whole thing much earlier than I thought. Um, the brothers are really key character in this film, Mm -hmm. um, for so many different ways and watching his emotion and what great emotion from, uh, what is it? Daniel Durant, uh, great acting performance there as well, as well as what Martin, the woman, uh, as well. But the, he, his emotion for a deaf actor to portray that kind of emotion that, that the director wanted, just incredible. Um, obviously, the lead um, is amazing. Uh, one of the best leads ever in a film, uh, in my opinion. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the best films I've ever seen. Uh, it's still 9 out of 10 for me. Like, it's not in the masterpiece list, but personally, but personally, like, if I recommend a movie to anyone who, who really wants to get into film, this is one I just always miss because it's so niche. But every time I watch it, I'm just reminded of how much I absolutely just adore this movie with all my heart. It's a, it's a fantastic, fantastic film. Well, if that movie made you sub, just wait till we watch our historical drama. <laughs> What what are we doing? What are we doing next week, Shane? What what's next up on our list? Speaking of that, well, we can either do that, or you know, you know where I want to save the historical drama, Shane? Thanksgiving week because what? Napoleon's coming out Thanksgiving week. Oh so yeah. So let's let's do a historical drama during Thanksgiving week, so that okay. We can, so the we week can, after this so one, we can, so we can do it uh, during like Napoleon launch week. Well, um, well, do you want to know what I was going to pick for that? Uh, save it for next week. Okay. Um, prepare yourself. That's all I have to say. <laughs> save um, it five and Ryan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Fair. We did a war movie already. Uh, it's, no, not, no. it's not a very sad movie until the end, but, um, but you know, that's how it always goes. Forrest Gump. No, I'm kidding. Forrest Gump. I mean, yeah. Oh, by the way, the, um, the, well, who's the female character in For, uh, Forrest Gump? Like, what's the Jenny. 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 <laughs> Jenny, Jenny. Jenny is horrible. What a, yeah, she's her, awful. Her, oh, yeah. her, her, props to the actor who played her amazing performance, but her actual character is fucking awful. 
Oh, she's also in Blade Runner 2049 also. That so. is right, yeah. And you Jenna, just will you marry me? Jenna, yeah, I can't believe you get that right. <laughs> um, yeah, but what what is our movie next week, Shane? You guys ever see the movie Seven? No, I've not. I've heard, oh, I've heard of it. I know. I, I kind of know what I it is, and I've, and I've heard of it, but I, I never watched it. Um, don't read anything about it before you watch it. Yeah, I heard, I it, heard it, it. I heard it messed with your mind, kind of, or messed with your emotions and your mind. Your mind, yes. Um, but in a good way. It's um. This is the movie that. Matt Reeves Batman was trying to be. Um, oh my god, okay. It's it's yeah, it's like um I know that you're gonna watch it, Robert, and think, oh, it's just like the Batman. No, the Batman is like this movie. Okay. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Um because <clears throat> this was twenty what, five years before, twenty seven. Um But yeah, no it I think this is um, the only reason I bring up this one is because a lot of people did see it when it came out in the '90s, but since then, no one's really talked about it that much. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a shame because it is an incredible movie. Um, it's in my it's in my top fifty of all time, and um, honestly, it might even be like my top twenty of all time. But what category? Does in any case. Like? For us, what what uh, it's is like this? this is a detective, uh, like thriller kind of thing. Oh, I, like I like it. it. Um, yeah, I like it. Slash mystery, sort of. Um, but uh, uh, only thing I will say is um, uh, don't go into this movie on a full stomach. Um, okay. There's just, there's, there's one scene. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's one scene where they go to a crime scene and it's, it's a little gnarly, but (laughs) you can look away if you want, but, um, you know, you probably won't hurl. I'm just, I'm I'm just putting it out there. We'll take care of it. We're men. We're men. We're We're manly men. men. We're men. men. But anyways, um, yeah. And then after that, we'll do our uh, we'll do our uplifting historical drama. Yeah, um, I, I just think it's smart to save it for the week Napoleon comes out. I don't know when I'm gonna watch Napoleon, but I can't wait for for that movie. So excited. Also, it's a Holocaust Phoenix. movie. That's all I'll say. Oh crap! Jesus. Okay. Actually, oh, you know, I I think I might know what. It, okay, right. but what's your I guess? Say, I will no. I I'll I'll save it just to see if I'm right. Um, but. I, oh, now I'm curious. No, because I, because I, I swear to God, I, I, I hate being wrong. If I, if I, like, I hate believing in something so strongly and then finding out I'm wrong. Like, like when a kid believes in Santa and then is told that Santa isn't real. It's like I didn't know Santa right. wasn't oh, real for the longest fucking time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but no, but with the Walking Phoenix thing, that I'm excited for that. My grandfather actually is too, because my grandfather loves Gladiator. So, I still haven't seen that. Uh, <laughs> oh see my, Rob, you are missing out. Um, but that's a great movie. But Ridley Scott directed it, and he's directing this one, and that's why I feel like this is gonna be bit. This is basically like 
Gladiator Two, just just with just French, just French Gladiator Two. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for it. We might we might talk about it when we get to it, but um, with that, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, anyone have any other thoughts yeah. before we call it a night? Um, no. I'm just trying to think of uh, all the possible movies that Brandon is guessing now. <laughs> Uh, the next, from, from Albert Breer on Sports Illustrated, the next five opponents for the Buffalo Bills versus the Jets at the Eagles at the Chiefs versus the Cowboys at the Chargers. Ah! I smell zero and five. I smell <laughs> ugly. Oh I, God! I'll say, I'll say, I'll say one and four. Probably. Yeah. But we'll but. See. But I, but I swear, I, I was scared when the when the Eagles schedule came out. I saw I saw the I saw that that gauntlet of games. The only game I'm scared of as an Eagles fan right now is just next week. So I'm not scared of the Niners at, at home in Philly. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of Buffalo. No matter if that game is in in three feet of snow in Buffalo or if it's in Philly, cold. Don't care. Buff, Buffalo's Buffalo's not beating us. And then listen, I will eat my words if they do because I I, I swear if the if Buffalo beats us, uh, I'm gonna have some real questions about this Eagles team. Um, but that's yeah, that's it. But Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo is in a real bad precarious spot. We've said that, and now it's just getting worse. So they really have to figure it out because now they are they, they don't even occupy a playoff spot. So and they are a 500 football team. And we didn't think that was possible. So see where this goes. This is this is getting scary if you're a buffalo fan yeah we'll we'll see you guys thursday or or friday because we actually have an amazing thursday game to talk about Bengals versus ravens yeah. on thursday night um is gonna be a fun <laughs> one to talk about that's gonna be really enjoyable what's the sunday night game next week is it is it some pile of trash again probably it's something it chargers oh i think you're right. oh that's and it's it's trash regardless I don't um, care who that second team is. That's trash regardless. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chargers fan. That's bad. Uh, let me look. Let me look at this. Let's see. It is. It is. Vikings Broncos. Oh, never mind. Well, well hey, Josh Dobbs. So, at least we're going to watch that. Josh, Josh Dobbs against, against, a, against a surging Broncos team. Yes, surging quote-unquote surgery. Off this win. Um, <laughs> man, that would be somewhat interesting. I, I think we'll yeah. that game ends to record on Sunday. But, yeah, Chargers play the Packers next week. Oy. So there you go. Ugh. Uh, but uh, we, we'll see you uh, on Thursday or Friday or around there. Uh, but uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon. And um, we'll talk to you all soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have fun, guys. Yeah. Take uh, care. Really quick, See really quick, too, as well, for Thanksgiving week, we're recording a double Sunday, Monday. So Sunday, November 26th, Monday, oh, yeah. November 27th. Right. So for Thanksgiving week, we will not be – we'll be recapping the Thursday game and the trash that is the Black Friday game on that <laughs> Sunday show. So keep that in mind. We're going to have Thanksgiving off. And then for Christmas – um for christmas week we are going to be only recording per brandon and i's kind of request uh we are only going to be recording on christmas day so that we can watch the eagles torment the giants 
Yes, bring it to me. I'm so ready for that. So we, I want to go to that game, damn it. But I don't know if I, I, don't know if I will. Um, yeah, so Just do we'll the pod say, from the stadium. Do the pod from the stadium. We're going to do it that'd after. That'd be lit, dude. We're doing, we're gonna, I should. Yeah, that'd be fun. We're, we are going to do it after the Monday Night Football game, which I be, believe is Ravens and Niners, I think. So um, we're going to do the pod on... Uh, on uh, Christmas Day for Christmas and New Year's, I'm not sure what we're gonna do there, uh, but we'll figure that out. Cause I also figure it might be fun to to do like a well, actually to maybe do something with the college football playoff for those weeks. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Um, we'll, but we, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Let me see. What is the yeah, the night game is Ravens Niners on Thanksgiving. So we're gonna wait or on christmas excuse me so we'll wait till that game ends to record on christmas day but again we'll record the sunday and monday on thanksgiving week the 26th and the 27th and you will hear us on christmas day all right well thank you shane thank you brandon have a wonderful week everybody and we'll see you probably on thursday peace yep take care guys